nurses, as one year ends and another one begins, it's a great time to assess where you've been and where you want to go. Let's talk about setting some goals for the new year right here on episode 140 of the Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for being part of the Nurse Keith Nation, whether you're listening for the first time or you've been tuning in for months or years. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. I'm a member of the Pulse Media Network of Podcasters at PulseMediaNetwork.com, along with RNFM Radio. Your Next Shift, The Gluten-Free RN, and The Introvert Biz Growth Podcast. Check us out at PulseMediaNetwork.com. I want to remind you that you can help other people find the show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And if you do that for me, I would be super, super grateful. If you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along over at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 140. That's nursekeith.com forward slash episode 140. Anyway, I am thrilled you're here. So let's dig into today's topic, shall we? Folks, I'm recording this at the end of 2017. I'm actually in Georgetown, Texas, visiting my mother-in-law for the Christmas holiday. And it's a really good time to start really looking back at the year that's passed and planning for the year ahead. Now, if you're not listening to this around the new year, whatever year it happens to be, you can also look at this in terms of doing an assessment, whether it's for your birthday, it's for your workplace anniversary, for anything that it happens to be. You can use these precepts, use what I'm going to talk about to look back at what you've accomplished in the recent period of time and for how you want to look forward. Now, when the holidays come around and we're looking at the new year, of course, that gives us a time of year to really do a self-assessment and a deep dive into where we've been and where we would like to go. So at this time of year, I always like to do this. And it is a perfect opportunity to set some new goals to see what heights you would like to achieve in your personal and professional life no matter the time of year, but as the new year rolls around, it is a period of time when many of us begin to set what we often call resolutions. And I really don't like resolutions because they're pretty hard to follow up on. And many of us set resolutions that are not necessarily measurable and not necessarily achievable for ourselves. I like to set intentions for the new year. But let's take a step back for a second. And whenever it comes around to a birthday or the holidays or the new year, I think the first thing to do really is to appreciate and feel and express gratitude 
for all that's happened in the year prior. I've had a lot of stuff happen in my own personal life this past year that I'm grateful for. There were some hard moments as well, of course, and I'm also grateful for the ways in which my career has moved forward. I feel a lot of gratitude for the people who have walked at my side, whether it's you listening to this podcast, whether it's my career coaching clients, my family and friends, or people who are fans out there who just keep in touch and keep letting me know that they appreciate the words and the spirit that I put out into the world and how perhaps my words have impacted them in positive ways. I feel gratitude for all the people and all the opportunities that have come my way. And it's great to feel that gratitude because that helps us feel ready for the new year and it helps us get ready for planning what we'd like to accomplish and how we can ride on the wings of our gratitude for what's occurred in the previous months and move forward with positivity and with inspiration towards what we would like to happen in the near and distant future. So assessing our personal or professional accomplishments is important. And we can start with the personal by saying that the first thing we can assess in our personal lives is our health, our well-being. That's a great thing to assess as we turn the clock from one year to the next or from one birth year to the next if it's around your birthday because you can look at your personal life as a measure in many ways of what's happening or being echoed throughout your career and your professional life because your personal life informs how your professional life will go. For instance, if you express and feel a great deal of gratitude for the people in your life, if you are connected with friends and family, if you have a great social life happening for yourself, those are many of the engines that can drive your professional accomplishments. If you can identify the things in your personal life that empower you, that are the engines behind what you accomplish in your career, those are things to be grateful for and also things to add value to your life throughout the year. So if we look at physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, psychological wellness, those can all help us to look at ourselves from different perspectives and to assess where we are and where we would like to be and assess the parts of our lives that are the strengths and the parts of our lives that might actually be somewhat of a challenge. Now, back in the day, I did do an episode and have also written some blog posts and articles about doing a SWOT analysis. And this can actually be a great period of time in which to do a SWOT analysis. And if you're not familiar with that, I'll link it in the show notes. But I'll explain that SWOT means S for strengths, W for weaknesses, O for opportunities, and T for threats. 
So a SWOT analysis can actually be applied to any aspect of your life, not just the professional. It can also be applied to your marriage, your parenting, your relationships, to the way in which you take care of your home and your personal possessions. SWOT analysis can be used in any aspect of your life in this way. Now, if we break down your career in terms of a SWOT analysis, you can look at the year that has just passed and look at the year that's coming and say, okay, let's look at my strengths. Let's look at the things that actually helped propel me forward in this previous year and what strengths would I like to bring to bear, bring to the fore during the coming year. So those strengths might be family. Those strengths might be that you're very educationally motivated to, let's say, get another degree, or you might be very motivated to get a promotion. Those strengths are the things that will propel you forward and the things that you can rely on. And while we look at our strengths and assess them and appreciate them, at the same time, we also have to look at W, the next letter in the SWAT acronym for our weaknesses. I used to not feel so good about the word weakness or the word failure, but, you know, they are just the other side of the coin, the things we need to assess and look at to make sure that we're aware of our failings or the places where we need to put a little more pressure or give a little more attention in our personal and professional lives. So you can look at your weaknesses. You can say, well, One of my weaknesses is that I don't take care of myself very well. I work nights and I don't get enough sleep and I don't take supplements to help me in terms of keeping my strength and my energy up and I haven't been eating well. That's one of my weaknesses. Or you could say one of my weaknesses is the fact that I have basically just allowed my career to happen. I've let it just roll along the last few years without giving it any specific attention. And what I want to turn that weakness into is to have specific intentions, to do specific things to help move my career, to move the needle, to make things happen for myself. You can take a weakness, turn it on its head, and turn it into a strength. Figure out what that weakness is, and then figure out what the opposite of that is and how you can actually make it happen and operationalize it in your life. Now, the O in SWAT, after strength and weakness, comes opportunity. Opportunities are the things that you're looking at that are potentially opening their doors to you. Those are the things that could possibly be brought to bear. Those are the things that could be brought to fruition and where you see a crack in the door and you would like to pry that door open and make that opportunity come forward for you. So an opportunity might be that you are seeing the opportunity open to apply for day shift. Maybe you've been working night shift for a long time and you're ready. You're ready to make that change. And you see that some day shift positions are opening and you would like to jump into the fray, throw your hat into the ring and become a day shift nurse again after working nights for so many years. There's an opportunity for you. Another opportunity might be that you feel ready to apply to graduate school. You're ready to get a master's degree or a PhD. 
I won't be joining you there, but I could totally appreciate that idea. And a master's degree can be a very useful thing to have in the course of your nursing career, professional career. So opportunities are anything that you feel coming down the pike that may help you, or they may be opportunities that you're going to create for yourself that haven't actually made themselves known yet. So you look at your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and finally, T, look at the threats, which are the things that stand in your way. And sometimes threats can be things over which we have little control, like your spouse recently becoming disabled and you not being able to be as present for your career because your spouse had an injury and is temporarily or permanently disabled and you have to spend most of your time taking care of that family member and not focusing on your own self-care or your own career and your own forward movement. That's a potential threat. Another threat might be the fact that the place where you're working is being downsized because it's being gobbled up by a larger health system. That can be a threat because you don't know what's going to happen once that merger happens. So once you take those strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, throw them all in the pot together, decide what it is you actually want to accomplish, that will help you set your goals for the following year or the following period of time, whatever it is and however it is you would like to measure your life and make a decision for either the short-term, the mid-term, or the long-term in your life and your professional career. Now, if you're going to do a SWOT analysis, one of the things that necessitates is being honest about where you've been and where you want to go, either personally or professionally. If you're going to do a self-assessment for, let's say, the end of the calendar year, you need to be really honest with yourself about what has occurred in the year prior where your strengths and weaknesses lie, the opportunities and threats that you either paid attention to or didn't heed at all, and also begin to set those goals for where you would like to go in the next year. Some people like to do something which is setting an intention for the coming year based on one particular word, their word for the year. This has become a rather popular thing in certain circles that I see on Facebook and other places where people choose a word that's going to be their guiding word for the coming year. This isn't necessarily something to which I adhere, but that you might find actually helpful. So if you'd like to set a direction for yourself personally and or professionally, and you want to choose a word to be your guide, you can do an exercise where you make a list of the things you would like to accomplish in the coming year or coming even six months or season, and then begin to also write descriptive terms, those terms that you feel like describe what it is you would like to accomplish or the quote-unquote energy or sensibility that you would like to bring to that drive towards the future. For instance, you might say that the intention or the word for the year that you would like to set has to do with professional development, or let's say has to do with even, you could be even more specific and say education. So you could set 
your intention and use the term education as a way to measure how, what you're going to be focusing on for the next four months or six months or whatever period of time you would like to set. Some people like to choose a term for the year, a word for the year that has to do with their health or their well-being or the ways in which they would like to grow personally. So your word for the year might revolve around happiness. It might revolve around a sense of self, or it might be based on a term like finding my way or creating the life that I want, whatever it happens to be, whatever word or phrase that could be the one that can be kind of like your mantra for the new year, or it could be like a guiding light, something on which you can hang your hat so that it gives you a sense of direction so that you're not just moving forward willy nilly, you're actually focusing on a particular aspect of your life. And if you are having a hard time coming up with something you'd actually like to accomplish in your professional life, I recommend just taking a step back and looking at your personal life. Because if you can move the needle in your personal life on some level, let's say your health, your personal well-being, your spiritual well-being, or your emotional health, that can be a good thing upon which to base your professional growth. Because if you're going to be growing as a person, if you're going to be setting intentions or figuring out how to make your life better on, let's say, a personal level, this will impact the ways in which you relate to your career. Because if you decide that, say, for 2018, you are going to really focus on your personal health, that you haven't really given your personal health a whole lot of its due over the last year, and you can see that you haven't been exercising or you're not eating as well, or maybe you're drinking more than you should, or you've been smoking and drinking socially more than you think is permissible for yourself, then focus this next year or even half a year on your health. And as you focus on your health and as your strength improves or you start exercising more or you're eating better, you're going to sleep better, you're going to feel better about yourself. And I almost can guarantee that when you're working on yourself personally, when you're moving the needle for yourself, when you're really putting energy into the betterment of your personal life or your personal well-being, your career will come along for the ride. Because as things change in that part of your life, things are going to start feeling itchy on the other side too. If you're really giving it your all to improve the way in which you're living, to improve and energize and empower the ways in which you approach your life, that will bleed over into your professional life in very, very positive ways. If you're caring for yourself, if you're doing the things that are going to make you live a better, more fulfilling life, then your career will generally be better and more fulfilling as well. And if it's not, if there are things in your way and going back to that SWOT analysis, if there are threats getting in your way, like let's say a bad boss or a very negative workplace culture or something like that, then 
as you take care of yourself, you might realize, well, I'm taking really good care of myself at home, but I'm not being really well cared for at work, am I? There is an imbalance between my personal and professional lives. My personal life feels quite healthy and things are going really well and I'm paying lots of attention to how I eat and how I sleep and who I hang out with and how I comport myself throughout my life. But boy, at work, things aren't going so well. So as you do that work on yourself at home, you're going to look at your professional life and say, wait a second, this imbalance can't stand. I need to make a change. And whatever you do in your personal life for yourself, it's going to come to bear on your career in positive ways in some measure. And if you need help from me figuring out how to make that happen, I can, of course, have a chat with you and give you some ideas. So setting your intention for the new year around either your personal or your professional growth is a great place to start. Of course, you can set goals for both. That is wonderful. But if you'd like to focus on either your personal or professional life, that is perfectly your prerogative and will bear fruit for you in many, many different ways. So folks, in the past here on the Nurse Keith Show and also in my writing over on digitaldoorway.blogspot.com, I have talked about setting SMART goals before. And when it comes around to the new year or to your birthday or any other time of year when you would like to set some goals, SMART goals is a good place to start. Now, SMART goals stands for S, you need goals that are specific, and M, you need goals that are measurable. A, attainable, R, relevant, and lastly, T, time-based or timely. So if you are setting goals for this coming year, the first thing to start with is specificity. Setting a goal that you would like to improve your career, for instance, isn't quite specific enough because that can be interpreted in so many different ways. So specificity is very helpful. So if you say, in terms of my professional growth, my specific goal is to, let's say, become certified in pediatric nursing. So there's your very specific goal. And you can look at that goal and say, okay, M, is that measurable? Absolutely, that is measurable. You can be measured by the time in which it will take you to study and prepare and take a course for getting your certification in pediatric nursing. And you can actually say that, okay, I would like to achieve that certification by December 31st. 2018, for instance, that is a measurable and very specific goal. In terms of attainability, that's the A in the SMART acronym, we need to look at the attainability of that. So you can do some research and say, okay, how long does it take your average nurse to begin the process of seeking certification as a pediatric nurse? And is it attainable to achieve my measurable goal of being certified as a pediatric nurse by December 31st, 2018? So attainability of a goal is very important. If you say that you're going to set a goal of exercising seven days a week, well, 
that might be attainable. It's certainly specific and measurable, but is it attainable? Is it realistic? So you need to look at that and set a goal that's realistic so that you can feel good about achieving it. And if you need to set a goal that's a little less ambitious, that's perfectly fine. And if you achieve it in a shorter period of time and really move the needle on that goal quickly, then you can set a new goal. You can always reassess. So make sure it is attainable. Don't set a goal for yourself that you can't attain. That really won't get you anywhere. It can actually make you feel kind of bad about yourself if you don't get there. So set goals that are attainable, that are realistic. Now, looking at that SMART acronym, we now have specific, measurable, attainable. The fourth one is relevant, R for relevant. Set goals that are relevant for you, not for what people tell you you should be doing, not for what people tell you they are doing or what they see as the things that would make your career get to the place where they want you to be, set it for relevancy in terms of yourself. If you are actually in the place of feeling like, hmm, I would like to switch from a pediatric to an adult population, I've done PD long enough, then the relevancy, the relevance of getting a pediatric nursing certification decreases significantly, doesn't it? If you are feeling like you're burnt on pediatric nursing, it's not necessarily a great certification for you to be looking at right now. However, if you are looking at, let's say, becoming certified as a pediatric nurse and then applying to grad school because you would like to become a pediatric nurse practitioner and work with children, then yeah, setting that goal is perfectly relevant for yourself. So Assess where you are and where you'd like to go and make sure that your goal is relevant. Now, finally, time-based goals are often the best ones to set because we can actually set a date by which we will assess where we have been. So once you've created a goal that is specific and measurable and attainable and relevant, you definitely want to look at time. And do you remember earlier when I talked about a specific goal, I said, okay, the specific goal is achieving pediatric nurse certification. And I said, by the end of 2018, by December 31st, 2018, that is a time-based goal. Goals that are time-based rather than open-ended are much more likely to be achieved because that time actually gives us a period in which to assess where we are and make sure we're on track to achieve our goal. An open-ended goal doesn't really light the fire under your butt enough to get you going and to push you towards accomplishing that particular goal. If you don't have a fire lit under you and there's no time measurement to your goal, then you can let it just slip by every six or 12 months and never really get accomplished. So I recommend using the SMART goal rubric upon which to build any of the goals you would like to set for the new year. So remember, SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And I know we're using a lot of acronyms in this episode. We started with the SWOT analysis and then SMART goals, but these are really excellent ways, excellent frameworks that you can use to build the successes and accomplishments that you would like to get under your belt in the coming year. 
Now, I want to talk about another acronym with which many of you, I assume, are quite familiar, and that would be ADPI. That would be the nursing process. And I like to bring the nurse, well, I hear some of you groaning out there, maybe those of you who just graduated from nursing school, but be that as it may, the nursing process is the framework from which many of us have learned how to approach nursing care from the beginning. So it's important to bring this one back out into the open, out of the shadows, if, if you have left the nursing process behind. So ADPI, the nursing process, assessment, diagnosis, planning, implementation, and evaluation work perfectly and synergistically with SMART goals. Because if you set your SMART goals, you can also use the nursing process to measure how you are getting along towards achieving those goals or creating those goals in the first place. So if you can take the SWOT analysis, the SMART goal framework, and the nursing process and put them all together, it is a perfect triumvirate. It is the trifecta of goal setting that will help move you forward in a way that is positive and can feel really good. So Using your abilities to assess and diagnose and plan and implement and evaluate and then reevaluate and then assess again and go around that methodology, that is one way to make sure that you can set yourself up for success in the new year. So remember, SWOT analysis, SMART goals, and the nursing process are excellent frameworks that all work synergistically together and can really help you. And I like to use these three frameworks in my coaching because they have a great track record of success for so many people, including myself. Now, once we've set our goals and set our intentions, there are plenty of ways to string all this together for taking it to the next level, to taking it to accountability. And I want to say a word here about accountability just for a few minutes. Now, when you've set goals and you have decided how you're going to be assessing your success and choosing how to evaluate whether you've reached certain goals or not that you've set along the way, accountability is certainly important. Let's say you've decided to go to the gym five days a week, and that's one of your intentions. That's one of the goals that you've set. And that is definitely a little more attainable than seven days a week, I have to say, from personal experience. So if you're going to try to get to the gym five days a week, that is the goal that you've set. How are you going to measure that success? So you could say simply, well, I am going to write down on my calendar every time I go to the gym, and after three months, if I have made it to the gym, let's say five days a week, 80% of the time, I will consider that a rousing success. That is actually a pretty good accountability method if you will adhere to it. Or you might have a personal trainer at your gym and that person can hold you accountable. That is perfect. An accountability partner is a great way to measure and follow through on whatever method of accountability you have chosen. And if you are not able to hold yourself accountable personally, having an accountability partner is super important and a great way to make sure that you follow through on your intentions. 
So in terms of your career, a career coach, <clears throat> that's me, can very much hold you accountable to the goals that you set because your career coach can serve as your accountability partner and help you to reset when you've decided that the goals that you have decided on maybe weren't as realistic as you thought they were when you first decided on where you were headed. So accountability is a very, very important thing for achieving success. So when we've done our SWOT analysis, when we have set our SMART goals, when we've used the nursing process to come up with the ways in which we are going to look at our successes and look at the ways we're moving the needle for ourselves, accountability comes next. And whether you have an accountability partner in another person, or maybe you're using an app for accountability or a to-do list or a checklist or whatever it happens to be, having some form of accountability to measure your success is crucial. Now, in terms of that accountability, if you are the type of person who is highly disciplined and will make sure that you check in with where you are and where you need to be at any particular time, you might be able to be your own accountability partner. Most of us generally can benefit from someone relatively objective on the outside who can help hold us accountable. So this is where honesty with yourself really comes in. If you have a goal that's very, very important to you and you would absolutely want to accomplish this goal in a specific measurable period of time and you think that you can handle that yourself, that's great. However, be honest with yourself. If you feel like you need someone on the outside who's going to work with you on your accountability, there is no shame in that. Whether it's someone like me, a coach, or whether it's a professor or a colleague or your child or your spouse or your sister, it doesn't really matter as long as you have someone who's in your corner who is going to call it like it is if they see you not doing the work that's needed. Whoever you bring into the fold to be your accountability partner, make sure they're willing to do the work and be present for you so that you could be held accountable and reassess along the way and set goals that are really going to lead you to success. So think very carefully about the ways in which you want to measure your success and who or what you want to hold you accountable to make sure you measure up and when you don't measure up, help you reevaluate and get back on track when you need it the most. So one of the things I also recommend, if you have a big goal, let's say getting into graduate school, let's use that as our goal. One thing you could do is set dates in your calendar for doing assessments along the way this can be a great way to create accountability along the path towards the goal you would like to achieve. So if it's January of a new year and you know that the deadline for applying to your graduate school program of choice is March 15th and you know that your second choice graduate school has a deadline of April 1st, then there's your first place by which to measure whether you have succeeded or not. So the first date you might set would be, let's say, February 1st. 
let's say that February 1st will be the date by which you have downloaded the application, begun to fill it out, and started working on your personal statement or essay. And then you might say February 15th would be the date by which you want to have the application completely finished. And the 30th of that month would be the date by which you would like to have your personal essay completed. Those would be great ways to very specifically measure the dates by which you would like to accomplish something. And the other assessment might be that you would like to have all of your applications in by, let's say, April 15th to all of the graduate schools you're applying to, not just your first and second choice. And then by the end of the summer, you know that you will receive notice whether you've been accepted or not. And September could be the date by which you measure, okay, am I now accepted to a graduate program that I feel really good about? And that's the point at which you can reassess and say, well, okay, it is now September and I know that I was accepted to two out of the five graduate schools I applied to, and I'm actually ready to apply for financial aid, register for courses and get started. So setting dates for doing assessments along the way, knowing the dates by which certain things need to be done is one way to hold yourself accountable and one way to set a framework upon which you will hang everything that needs to be accomplished to get to your goal. So setting dates, having periods of time in which you have to accomplish certain things will definitely move you forward much more than just being wishy-washy and just saying, well, I'm going to get this done, I'm going to get that done, I'm going to get this done, and I'll do it in my own time. That will generally not work. So. Once you have those goals, once you have that accountability method, once you have that accountability partner, you've set some dates by which you want to be held accountable, that will set you up for much greater likelihood of success. And now with all of this talk of success and getting things done and intentions and goals, there I want to say one thing. I want to give one major caveat, and that caveat is you need to be able to turn on a dime. You need to be able to pivot if you are not able to accomplish your goals. One of those ways being able to turn on a dime and pivot is being willing to go a little bit easy on yourself if you don't measure up to the goals that were set. And I don't mean being easy on yourself in terms of letting yourself off the hook. Because if you reassess and realize that that goal is still important for you, you don't want to just be easy on yourself and say, ah, it's okay, that goal wasn't important. What you want to do is be easy on yourself in terms of not beating yourself up, berating yourself, and going all negative on yourself, telling yourself, oh, you're such a loser, you can't get anything done, boy, you just... You just really fell down on the job, didn't you? You fell on your face. You just couldn't do it. You're never going to amount to anything. That is really going heavy on yourself and is going to not necessarily be the type of speech you need to give yourself in order to get up, dust yourself off, and start again. No. You need to be easy on yourself in terms of cutting yourself some slack being willing to allow certain goals to take more time to be accomplished and allowing yourself to mess up along the way 
without you flagellating yourself and going totally negative because that's just going to beat yourself down. So you don't want to be as easy on yourself to the point where you can basically not be held accountable for any goals that you've set, but you want to be easy in terms of the ways in which you quote unquote punish yourself for not getting there. And we can all be really hard on ourselves in this culture where accomplishment and success seems so important, but we also need to make sure we take care of ourselves along the way. And when we talked a few minutes ago about an accountability partner, you can let your accountability partner know what kind of accountability you need and what kind of support you may need if you don't quite measure up to the goals that were set by you and your partner or the goals that your partner is helping you to achieve. So make sure that you have a structure in place, not just for measuring what goals were accomplished, but also for what you would do when you don't get there. And these are like goal setting contingency plans. You could say, well, if I don't get into the graduate school of my choice for September of this coming year, I will reapply for the spring of the following year based on the feedback that I can get from my original application. That would be a very reasonable way to reassess, to set a new goal, to get back on track and try again. Or let's say you wanted to get your pediatric nursing certification by the end of the year, but you didn't quite get everything done to get to that point of sitting for the exam. Then you can reassess, don't beat yourself up and say, okay, I am going to set the goal of June, the end of June of the next year to achieve my pediatric certification. I can give myself a little bit of a hard time for falling down on the job, but in the end, I'm going to be kind to myself and just set a new goal that I think is specific and measurable and achievable and try and try again. So being able to admit defeat, to say, yep, I fell down on the job. I didn't quite do everything I said I was going to do. I let other things distract me or there were other things that happened during the course of the year that distracted me. And I am going to pick myself up and start again and get that done. Now, in terms of those distractions I just mentioned, let me just say a few things. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. John Lennon once said that, and I could not say it any better. Sometimes people will say, we plan and God laughs. So you can also look at that in that way. So sure, you want to get your pediatric nursing certification. Sure, you want to apply for graduate school. Of course you want to do this or do that or work out of the gym five days a week. But you know what? Life happens. Your child gets sick and has some medical challenges that eat up a couple months of your life. Nothing you can do about that. It's totally out of your control. Your parent is aging and you end up flying back and forth to see your mom or your dad much more often than you would have liked, and that has totally thrown you off course. Or let's say you lose your job. Your hospital closes down. Your hospital downsizes. So many things can happen along the way, and we need to realize in terms of holding ourselves accountable and looking at our lives in a holistic way that there are things over which we have control, like 
the time we go to bed, the number of hours we decide to study for a certification during the day, and there are things that we don't have control over. Sick children, needy parents, losing our job, the car breaking down, whatever it happens to be, make sure that in your contingency plans, you understand that things happen. Life happens. Life happens when you're making other plans. And, you know, you may need to reassess and reevaluate, not only based on your own quote unquote failings or failures or weaknesses, but also based on the things that happen in your life and in your career that you have no control over. So you can plan for a great year. You can plan for a successful year. You can plan for all the accomplishments that you can possibly dream of and think of and aspire to. However, life will sometimes stand in your way. It's not a bad thing. It's just reality. It's just what happens. So be sure to know that the time may come for you to say, you know what, that particular goal for this year, it ain't going to happen. I'm going to have to do something else. This is the way I can reset that goal to be realistic, measurable, and attainable. And this is how I'm going to reboot this particular path in my life and make sure I get there in a timely fashion. So folks, we have talked about doing a SWOT analysis as we come into the new year. We've also talked about setting SMART goals and we can relate those SMART goals to the nursing process in order to set goals that we can reasonably accomplish in a reasonable period of time. We also talked about accountability and the people or methods by which we can hold ourselves accountable for moving forward in our personal professional lives. And we also talked about the ways in which there are things in our lives, in our careers that over which we have control and those over which we have little to no control. We also talked about being easy on ourselves when we don't measure up, not berating and beating up ourselves and setting new goals, retooling our goals so that we can actually accomplish them. So I want you to plan for a great year, whether you're listening to this in May or February or here at the end of 2017 when it's actually being recorded. And I want you to plan on a year where you can actually accomplish the things you've set out to accomplish because you've used these various frameworks to set your goals and to make sure that you are setting yourself up for as much success as possible. If you would like me to help you with your goal setting, reach out to me by email at keith at nursekeith.com. Put goal setting or goals in the subject line and let me know the goals that you're wanting to accomplish and let me know where you feel like you might need a little bit of help. I will email you back with some suggestions. And if you decide to do some coaching with me, we can certainly do that. But I will certainly give you some feedback by email to any of the goals you would like to achieve in the coming year. So remember, Keith at nursekeith.com, subject line is goal setting or goals, and let me know what you would like to accomplish in this next period of time, and I will help you use these frameworks to set yourself up for as much success as possible.
Well, there you have it, folks. We are rounding out 2017 with the final episode of the year, and I am getting ready for 2018 myself. I really appreciate all of you for being here with the Nurse Keith Show throughout 2017 and the years prior. I want you to always feel uplifted and empowered from these episodes, and I want you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your professional satisfaction and development, as well as your personal satisfaction and development. I want you to make note that I am on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, which is 10 a.m. Central and 11 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you change your settings at Nurse Keith Coaching on Facebook so that you're notified every time I go live, because I'm also doing spontaneous Facebook Live episodes that you're not going to want to miss. Remember, they are all posted permanently on my Facebook page if you miss them and you want to tune in after the fact. That is Nurse Keith on Facebook Live. And did you know you could become a patron of the Nurse Keith Show? That's right. You can join Christine Robertson, Scott Sullivan, Wendy Davidson, and Brandley Sadoval, who are my most recent supporters at patreon.com. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. They've gotten some nice premiums and thank yous as my show of gratitude for their generosity. You can do the same. I would love for you to support The Nurse Keith Show in the year to come. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell of thepodcastinggroup.com, and social media and promotion are handled by Mark Cappy Spiesen. My eternal gratitude to Tim and his team and to Mark for helping make The Nurse Keith Show what it is. Sign up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com. Check out Pulse Media Network at pulsemedianetwork.com and head over to Amazon. Check out my new book, Aspire to be Inspired, Creating a Nursing Career That Matters. And while you're there, pick up a copy of Savvy Networking for Nurses. You won't be disappointed. Feel free to pick them up for your friends and colleagues as well. So folks, I want you to stay positive Care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again as we explore how to make your nursing career more satisfying and successful and inspired than you ever imagined. Folks, I want you to be well, dig deep, create success, seek joy, and keep in touch with me, whether it's in 2018, 2019, or 2025, I want to be here for you. So hit me up at nursekeith.com, be well. Keep in touch and adios till next time here on the Nurse Keith Show. 